The following content is provided to you as a ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a high-adventure Christian wilderness camp in Andrews, North Carolina. Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. For more information, visit our website at swoutfitters.com or follow us on Twitter using the handle at SnowbirdSwo. Enjoy the message. Morning, everybody. Hey, so this morning we get uh, the privilege of, of hearing from Gar and Kimberly Bozeman. Uh, they're the newest full-time addition to the Snowbird staff. We're really psyched that these guys are here. So uh, if y'all haven't had a chance to meet them yet, please get by and meet them uh, today and, um, and get to know them. Uh, so this morning we have the opportunity to hear from their story, which first off, thanks for um, really opening yourselves up in front of a lot of people uh, and telling uh, about your marriage, the good times and especially the, the hard times and the struggles. So that's a difficult thing to do, open yourself up to a whole group of people who most of whom you don't know. Uh, so, uh, but I know that, that the Lord's in this and, and uh, that we'll hear, uh, like Brody was talking about last night, just God being glorified through marriage. So um, I'm not going to take a lot of time. I just want y'all to kind of tell your story. And so um, obviously y'all's marriage was heading in a direction that is not heading now. Uh, and the Lord has kind of steered that ship in a different direction. And so um, maybe we could just start out hearing where you were. And maybe if y'all would just kind of set the stage for the work that the Lord did in y'all's marriage. Yeah. So uh, I know a lot of you guys uh, were here for the men's conference. So you, you know a little bit uh, about our backstory. Um, but for you guys who weren't here, uh, we were a military family. So I did uh, about 11 years in the service. And during that time, we, we traveled together. We moved around a lot. Uh, we met in Charleston, South Carolina, and then uh, that following December got married. And by February, uh, I, was, I was in Iraq, and we had only lived together for about a week at, at any given point. And then eight months later, I showed back up, and uh, we moved to Italy after that. So we, uh, we didn't have a traditional beginning to our marriage in the first place, uh, but... During that time, uh, we were we were pretty isolated. Um, it was just kind of us as a couple, uh, away from our family, uh, having to do it on our own. We were 21 and 22 years old, so we were young. And uh, the, I think the biggest for for my side as to how we got where we were was once my faith was tested uh, through my through my time overseas. And it really got stripped away. I found that I didn't have a foundation. And because I didn't have a foundation in Christ, I, I walked away from the, from the gospel and uh, failed to lead my family well. I was miserable. Uh, by, the, by the time we got to the point where the Lord entered our relationship, we were eight years into marriage. And I was an alcoholic. I was a drug abuser. Um, I'd been unfaithful in other relationships. And, um, man, it was... It was an everyday battle just to just to try to hang on, just to try to hang on to what was left, and we really felt like the only reason we were doing it probably was for the kids. Well, I'm Kimberly. I'm his other half. Um, kind of where I was at as the woman and as as the wife. Um, my brokenness 
from my childhood. Um, he kind of dug into that, and maybe not necessarily intentionally um, at first or ever, but um, my brokenness of that, I'm not beautiful and I'm not enough. Um, So, whenever your spouse doesn't fulfill something in you and you don't quite understand how to give it to Christ or you don't understand Christ or you don't know Christ, you go to other things. And my, my thing was my three children. So, I always thought you couldn't love your kids enough. But it was more of an unhealthy love of, like, they were fulfilling something that only God could fulfill. Like, not even my husband could fulfill it. So I idolized my kids. I did everything that I could to feel needed. And um, I idolized my body image. Um, I thought that if I was the perfect shape, that he would love me. So I got into CrossFit, and I started to compete and I was doing really well, and then I had an injury, and I felt like everything got taken away. So my husband didn't love me. Um, it got to the point that I strived so hard. Brody nailed it on the head last night. Brody, I don't know where you're at, but literally, like, they came to us about three days ago, and I was pumped about this marriage conference. And they're like, we want you to speak. Okay, so all of you, most of you don't know me. Some of you do. I am terrified of public speaking, right? So, But not talking. But not talking. So I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm a coach, and I'm an athlete. So you get me on the field or the court, man, I'm like a beast. I go into some different kind of character and, and just soar, but put me on stage in front of all eyes looking at me, and I sound like I'm a smoker and, and like a man because I've got my raspy volleyball voice. So I'm trying to get that back. And um, But just, I didn't know how deep, personal, raw, or surface level to go today. And uh, so planning or opening up the wounds and thinking about it and praying about it and crying about it, I was like, God, I can't do this without you. And then Brody got on stage last night and uh, said something that just hit home. And I got to the point where instead of idolizing my kids and idolizing my, my body image, that I tried to do everything right. I tried to perform. I tried to have every warm meal for every meal, um, be the healthy you know, fit mom and uh, have everything clean, do everything to perfection. And then you know what? He wouldn't have an excuse not to love me. And that makes you very tired. So not only did God show me that I've lost my husband, now I've tried so hard to get his attention that I've ignored my three beautiful children. So they started to hate me and resent me. 
And then I had this injury in sports. So I felt like I was completely a hot mess. <laughs> I was a hot mess. I was so lost and trying to find all the, I was fighting for all the wrong things. And, um, but that's, that's just kind of, oh, you're so good. Thank you, Logan. <laughs> that's just kind of where, where I was at. I was just, I was lost and I was searching and trying to find validation in everything. And in doing that, I missed, I missed Jesus, just what Brody said last night. So that's just kind of where, where I was at. I was just a hot mess. I was just broken and dark and very, very lonely. Yeah, I think, uh, I think our, I mean, that just really would describe our, our home at the time in the most profound ways. It was just a dark, lonely place. You know, we kind of lived as individuals under the same roof and, um, there was a lot of things early on in our relationship that kind of was a sore spot for each of us, and we left those things unsaid. And because of that, it built resentment, and we started kind of resenting each other. And the more that wedge kind of grew, we just we we went further and further apart uh, along it's just kind of along the course over the years. So, okay, so that kind of describes where you're at like the wedge is growing in between y'all at this point in marriage so y'all aren't there anymore so right. what what changed it what did the lord use to uh like was there one point was it a long process or one realization like what what did the lord use to steer the ship in the opposite direction yeah so i think uh, for me the catalyst like the thing that really swung it started swinging it in the other direction was for the first time in my life i kind of got in uh, a biblical community with people that we didn't even know was a biblical community at the time. Like, we just started working out at a gym, and there was people there that kind of walked different, talked different, and um, one of the guys invited me to breakfast, and then out of that, invited me to come to his house with some other guys, and uh, when he asked me how I felt about the gospel and what I felt about about God, uh, I told him, I said, well... You know, I think he exists, and, you know, I've been struggling with that for, for years about what that relationship looks like, I said, but in, in, in my opinion at the time, I just felt like he was kind of cold-hearted and, and ruthless and waiting to punish you know, us for everything we, we had done wrong, and I was challenged to seek, really seek the true character of, of God and who Christ was and, and what that redemption was, and, and once I started uh to get in, get into scripture and, and see for myself, that started creating a change in my own heart, and then started revealing a lot of the things uh, to me that uh, that I was doing in our home and how I was affecting uh, my wife and our kids. And uh, so, I was I was pretty quickly challenged uh, to do some uncomfortable things. So, uh, Kimberly had gotten baptized that Easter, and in May, I got invited to go uh, go with this these guys, start meeting their house. By by the end of that month, I mean, I was already I, I was getting taken out by by the gospel. I mean, it was wrecking me. 
and I was really trying to start making some changes. And because of that, I went to work one morning and sat down at my desk and started praying. And the Lord told me that I needed to go home and I needed to sit down with my wife and I needed to come clean with, with everything, with uh, the alcohol, the, the drug abuse, uh, the infidelity, everything, and just lay it out and trust him with it. And that was a huge uncomfortable step uh, that I had to take. And then from there, I mean, she showed me an abundance of, of grace. And you can, you can tell them you can kind of play it on your side. Yes, yeah, so I really feel like a lot of challenges um, and even rewards through that, through that time of healing and restoration and, and all that was what he said um, that year, you know, for the first eight years of our marriage, I just did a lot of crying, <laughs> crying when I cooked, crying when I slept, crying myself to sleep, like crying in the shower, crying in the car, and um, I ended up getting baptized, and God really showed me some things that year, and it was 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas did that group, and then Dallas went to a men's group and came back a completely different man. Like, I was like, who are you? I mean, stay. <laughs> but, like, who are you, you know? Like, keep that guy. I want that guy, right? And... um and then he came back, and he shared all this stuff with me. And instead of just being 100% happy and joyful for him, I was sad for myself. Isn't that selfish? Shame on me. But um, I wanted those experiences. I wanted God to talk to me and tell me things and share things with me about myself, about my marriage, about about you, about my life. And he goes, well, guess what? You can. And it's in January. And so they had a woman's retreat. And I really feel like searching for my own salvation, searching my heart, and seeking the face of God for myself. Not just going and sitting in the pews every Sunday or Wednesday or whatever your church does. Searching for myself. Not just listening to Brody on Sunday morning or any of these other amazing pastors that we have here at camp. Like, I finally had the desire and the courage all at the same time to do it for myself. And that's when I really felt challenged, but the rewards started coming. Um... But also the challenges were is, you know, after I got baptized, I just really felt like the enemy was attacking me more on my brokenness of my own sin, of my broken marriage, of, of all these things. And there was lots of awkwardness of trying to learn who I am now and who you were then, and it was just honestly super, super awkward, and uh, I think this is kind of comical, but what was really the most awkward was learning how, the, how, how awkward the fight can be, but it, it wasn't that we were fighting, it was like the awkwardness of not fighting, not fighting 
So, um, because that was our normality. Like, we woke up and we hated each other and we fought all day long. And if we didn't fight, we had no communication at all. So, it was just a really toxic, you know, environment. But I really felt like when you quit making excuses and you seek his face and you dive into his word and, and you pray for each other and you pray together, then that was the challenges and rewards that, that I personally saw in, in, on my side. Yeah, I, and I think what was really amazing about the whole thing is how beautifully Christ orchestrated it in his mm-hmm. timing. You know, we, looking back, we say if, if he would have come a day earlier to try to turn, that, turn this marriage around, like our hearts wouldn't have been prepared. Straight up, I would have throat punched him. <laughs> it was she. There was a lot of she had a lot of I'm grace. Feisty. She had a lot of grace in the uh, in the whole process. Um, you know, we we started really as broken as we were. We started pursuing Christ on our own, kind of as individuals, which was which is kind of, I felt was kind of atypical about the whole thing. Was she was really pursuing the Lord because there was nothing that I could offer her anymore. And the Lord just let us run ourselves. You know, we, mm-hmm. we idolize the things of this world. So he said, okay, I'm going to hand you over to your own idols. You, you pursue those and see how far they get you. And when you hit rock bottom, I'll be here. Mm-hmm. And we ran ourselves both into the ground pursuing other things till the only option we had left was Christ. And then once we invited Christ in the relationship, I mean, things changed dramatically. Then it was from day one, uh, the grace that she showed me. Uh, but then after that, like, I think some of the lessons that we really learned was the, to seek validation in our obedience to Christ and not out of the reaction of the other. You know, it was everything I, that I feel like I've been trying to do to that point was always to get a reaction out of her. It was, how is she going to respond to this? And I would do it two or three times and it wouldn't work. And I'd go, well, that's not working. I tried that. I said, I'm sorry, that didn't work. And I would just pass off to the next thing. I would go ahead and make that excuse for myself that, well, I tried that and it didn't work out. Whenever I started doing things because I was trying to love her the way that Christ called us to love our wives, the way that, the way that he loved the church, then it wasn't about how she reacted. Because I can tell you in the beginning, like, obviously, as most wives would, she didn't react well. I mean, you can't, you can't expose the brokenness in your marriage and and show your wife how you sinned against her and then turn around and say okay well good thing we got that out of the air let's just go back to to being good and everything's going to be okay and it wasn't so it started off uh i wrote letters to her uh, every day telling her what she meant to me and how i was praying for her and those notes found their way to the garbage first and then eventually they would get left on the table and then I might find her sneaking one in a purse, and then um, after a year and a half or so, you might find one pinned on the fridge. But I think that was, I mean, that was such a big thing for both of us is we sought our, started seeking our validation and obedience to Christ, and we didn't make Christ an accessory to our marriage. We made our marriage about him and pursuing him alone. And because of that, he, he honored that and filled us with, with grace towards each other and love. And, man, we just, uh, we stuck with it. I mean, it was, 
It was something we really had to pursue. Not, not love as an emotional kind of love, but lo- love as a choice, you know, kind of the way that Christ chose to love us, even though it w- wasn't because of anything we did. We learned that it was a daily choice uh, to be with each other and to love each other and show each other grace. So as far as a benchmark moment, there wasn't one. There was not one moment where it, uh, it just, the light switch went off or it just turned around. I think what, what was really effective for us was that when you, when you act out of emotion, uh, your actions ride that roller coaster of emotion with you, so your actions become insic- inconsistent. And ins- inconsistency isn't safe, so it's really hard for a wife to submit herself under something that isn't safe and secure if it's inconsistent. And then that puts tension in the relationship because the man doesn't feel respected. Uh, so I didn't feel respect, respected because, you know, she, she, wouldn't, uh, she wouldn't come alongside me and, and encourage, uh, but that was on me. That was because I wasn't a safe covering. So I feel like whenever, whenever she was bugging and not wanting, uh, not wanting to come alongside of me, it was completely reasonable because there was no safety in that. But once Christ became the center of our relationship and my actions were about obedience to him and not about emotions, that created consistency, and consistency became security and trust, and then eventually that became a safe covering that she was willing to come underneath, and that was what made made the big difference. But again, not a single moment. It was long, long process. So yeah, I want <clears throat> not a single moment, but a long process. So can you describe your side of that process? You know, because you know he's made this big confession to you and, and now it's writing you notes and probably a pattern you've seen before and you're ripping them up. So wh- how did that change happen in your heart as you kind of saw him as a safe covering like he's describing it, you know, um, instead of, you know, just, just kind of blowing that off? Like what was that process like for you? <clears throat> well, well worth the wait. Um, consistency. There was a different light about him. Um, you know, when you talk about submitting to your husband, that doesn't go over very well with us women. Or I'll just speak for myself. That didn't go over well with me because what he's educated me on this week is there's two different types of submit, submission. And one is kind of more like a military where, like, you tell me what to do. Yes, sir. Would you like me to rub your feet? Have a hot meal on the table? You know, like, there's that kind of submission, but then there's a healthy kind of submission where, um, and he could probably describe it better, of I am willingly knowing that he is my safe covering. He is my, my earthly covering. That he focuses on, you know, keeping me clean, keeping me pure, feeding me with God's word. And um, so I really felt like the consistency of him continuously speaking more gently to me instead of out of anger. I think that's, and it's so, it's such a vicious process because he would speak gently and it would piss me off. (laughs) It would. I'm like, I have been asking for eight daggum years now, and now you're going to start talking all sweet to me? And I'm like, no. 
I'm not having this today or next week or any time this month. So you're welcome. But, but literally, like, just God's faithfulness and how I saw him pursuing, praying, reading God's word, not caring where he was or who he was around, um, him actually pursuing me and loving me even through my temper tantrums, even through my ugly, my ugliness or my wickedness or my brokenness. Um, him loving the kids because any woman's heart is obviously to be loved by their husband. But any woman's heart is for the husband to love and be involved with the children. So I just saw a big change in all of that. And that's what helped me believe and know that his heart was good. It took a while for you to believe it, though. It did. It did. Like, because I, I, was, I was in that vicious cycle of, like, we just had a huge blowout, like the biggest blowout of our life. And he's going to be good longer than he has ever. So instead of, like, I'm going to kiss your feet for, like, a day or this weekend or a week or a few months, I was like, you better give me a few years, buddy, because that was a bomb. But um, I just, I really felt like um, that he was going to fall back into his old ways. Just the vicious cycle that we lived in our whole, our whole marriage. I was waiting for him to fail. And that's sad to say, as, as a wife, like, you're supposed to respect and, and love your husband. And I was just waiting for him to fail again. Um, and I think once I saw that change in him, I started to see that change in myself, in my own heart. Like, maybe he is being nice because he loves me instead of just being nice to get a reaction or to make things comfortable for a while or just doing something just for the kids. Kids need to see, we need to quit protecting them so much. They need to see life. They need to see when it's hard and when it's good. Because when it's good, it's real good. So that's kind of where it was for me. Okay, so moving forward, uh, we've got folks that have been married for a long time in the room, folks that have been married for a short time, and folks that are, um, their marriages, they feel like are in a good spot right now. Some folks may, may feel like their marriages are in a, a struggling spot right now. Like give us some, some hope moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, really? I think, uh, I mean, straightforward, our, our hope, and continues to be, our hope is in Christ alone. Like, if not for Christ entering our relationship, it would have never survived. And even to this day, the health in our marriage is based on Christ as a sinner. If we ever lose focus of that, then we're left to ourselves. And, and we've shown how inadequate we are and completely incapable of that. So Christ is, is a sinner. Um, that's where all the, all the hope lies. As far as uh, practical advice of the lessons that we learned was something beautiful came out of this, this whole thing was the fact that as soon as 
as soon as we started to air it out, we said, hey, we're starting to understand that love is a choice. So if we're going to love each other, let's love each other completely for who we are. Um, so let's leave nothing unsaid. So whatever you got to say, say it. And whatever I got to say, we'll air it out there and we'll put everything on the table. And then we'll make the decision whether or not we choose to continue to love each other from there. So what what we learned was that to truly love each other unconditionally meant that it came with all the brokenness that each of us carried. So we brought that brokenness in and laid it out. And there was such such freedom in it on the other side. Uh, and because of the things that went unsaid early in marriage uh, that had caused so much resentment, uh, we made it a point that moving forward, we were no longer going to leave things unsaid. And in the moment, if something triggered, we weren't going to leave it, leave it hanging in the air. So conversations now or conversations then would typically go, she would say something, I would say something, we'd both just kind of get mad and well up, and we'd get quiet, and we'd walk away, because we thought that was a good, healthy way to deal with it, which obviously it wasn't. But what we do, we try to do now much more consistently is, hey, you just said this, and it made me feel that way, is that what you meant? And uh, more times than not, it's not what they meant. So really giving each other the benefit of the doubt, but getting it out quickly that way, the enemy doesn't have time to get a hold of it and use it to, yeah, use it to fester and put it against each other. So, as uh, just been quick to address conflict in the relationship. As soon as there's tension there, we address it right away, in a healthy way, and uh, that's been so helpful. Um, I think for for me, like looking back on on our story, we. We literally, for a week, I'm not even joking, for a week after that um, day when he came home from work and just laid a bomb in my lap, through the next few days, what he was talking about, we just, stuff that was before marriage, stuff that we were going to take to our grave, stuff that no one except for God knew about us came out because... I felt like once we submitted all of our fears, all of our sin, all of our brokenness, not just by words to God, but to each other, that's when God moved. And he moved pretty quickly. Um, But the main thing is, the very next day, we started Love Dare. I don't know if any of y'all have heard about that. Um, It was a 40-day challenge of... Sitting down and just talking. Because I don't know if, if you, a lot of y'all just got to the point where, like, you're annoyed to even sit in the same room. Like, right now, like, you're probably like, I wish that I was sitting next to somebody else. You know, like, you, we all get to that point if we're not living in it right now. But it gave us an opportunity to sit down and be selfless, but selfish at the same time. A healthy a healthy selfish and we read scripture and we journaled and we would do something loving and kind and respectful for each other and then we'd like sit down at the end of the day and we'd share our thoughts and our heart and and notes and sitting down and just making time for each other is what I feel like all marriages downfall not keeping Christ as a sinner and not communicating because you're just mad or angry or pissed or 
or whatever. And so that was a big thing um, for us is just to sit down and communicate. But also we started um, before every conversation, we would pray. And uh, we would invite God and the Holy Spirit into the conversation because if he's in it, you're not going to get angry to that point where it's unhealthy. Like, you might get a little heated, but you really feel peace and understanding whenever you invite him in. Um, also, it's, it's um, you know, pray for your spouse. Even when you're angry and you feel like they don't deserve it or you just don't feel like doing it or you're just tired, like, pray for your spouse because it's really hard to fight or be mad at someone that you're praying for. And going even even going back to, you know, that that book that we kind of went through together. I mean, I didn't even like that book. But it wasn't it wasn't about the book. I mean, the the book had nothing to do with it. Uh what it was was we made intentional time to be together for 30 or 40 minutes and pray and ask the Lord to be in the conversation and then just be intentional with each other. And that's all it was. was It was just an excuse for us to get around and have a meaningful conversation. And that was something we hadn't done the eight years prior in marriage. So inviting God into and just to be involved in a meaningful conversation went a really long, a really long way for us. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. Open up, sharing your story with all of us, and I encourage you guys to get to know them. They'll be here all afternoon and target these guys at meals or uh, during rec time, whenever, and y'all can uh, y'all can talk and hear more from them. So, thank you so much. Let me uh, let me pray for us. Yeah. <clears throat> let me pray for us, and uh, then I'll give you some instructions on what's going down next. Jesus, thanks for the Bozemans, and I thank you for the work that you've done in their lives, and. Uh, for the grace that we see, for the, the, the mystery revealed of Christ in the church, God. And, and Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in their marriage, continue to work in our marriages, God. And now as we take a break and they hear from your word, God, I pray that you prep our hearts to hear. I pray we wouldn't hear these truths so often as we do for somebody else, uh, but that we'd hear them for ourselves, God. And, and uh, God, that you would uh, just prep us by your spirit to hear and that you'd speak through Rob. Lord Jesus, we love you and we need you. In your name we pray. Amen.